last. Just over 5,600 of the Red Army will get the chance to see our opening UEFA Europa Conference League qualifier on Thursday as we open the new season at Pataudry. We catch up with Dave Cormack on this news, plus we hear from new captain Scott Brown and J. Emmanuel Thomas and now again on the launch of the new Dons kit. Conor McLennan gives us his thoughts on the new season and we reveal the 2020-21 AFC Women's Player of the Year Award winners and we find out our potential third round opponents in the UEFA Europa Conference League. All this, some transfer news and the latest news on the AFC Donscast pre-season update number three on Tuesday the 20th of July. Welcome to the AFC Dons cast from the Inverness Reds. It's Graham here with your third Dons pre-season update. And we have football to look forward to at last after the club were successful in securing access for 5,665 supporters to attend our opening UEFA Europa Conference League fixture against BK Hacken on Thursday. Whilst there may have been dramas for some over the online ticket sales since Friday, the club have been working hard to make sure everyone who has ordered a ticket gets one. The return to Pataudry does come with some restrictions with additional COVID-19 measures in place. All supporters will need to produce a negative lateral flow test before they'll be allowed entry into the stadium and have with them photo ID and a valid ticket. The seating plan for the stadium has been set up in blocks of one seat, two seats, three seats and four seats with the main stand out of use as it's restricted to players and officials only. It will hopefully be the opportunity to increase supporter numbers over the coming weeks as COVID measures are relaxed. The BK Hacken match will be shown live on Red TV at a reduced cost for season ticket holders not attending the match and available on pay-per-view. Ahead of this news, we released the results so far from the AFC Big Supporters Survey, which showed that the Red Army were overwhelmingly ready to return to Petaudry, even with COVID measures in place. You can see these results on the Inverness Reds website and take part in the survey at invernessreds.co.uk forward slash AFC 2021. You'll be able to catch up with the latest from Dave Cormack on this and other issues at the end of this programme. Aberdeen will potentially play FK Austria Wien or Iceland's Breedeblik in the third round qualifier of the UEFA Europa Conference League should we defeat BK Haken in the second round. The draw which took place yesterday will see the third round fixtures be played on the 5th and 12th of August. Aberdeen drew 0-0 with St Johnston on Friday afternoon at Cormac Park after their lunchtime friendly against Reading was pulled due to three of their players testing positive for Covid. Mal caught up with the new team captain Scott Brown to reflect on the game. Scott, just first of all, your, your thoughts on the game this afternoon? I thought the lads worked extremely hard. Uh, it was what we are after, trying to get 90 minutes in as many people's legs as possible. And now it's all about uh, preparations for Thursday, but no, today was it was good for the lads to get out there to work hard, and especially in that heat as well, because it, it's it's different for us, and we're not used to that heat, that's for sure, especially Scottish lads. But it was a good performance, it was a hard performance, but we dictated the play, and we had the best chances overall. 
I mean, it wasn't really like a pre-season game, Scott. I thought it was more like an SPFL match, wasn't it? There was some, some tasty challenges going in. The intensity, I mean, two very competitive teams, but I suppose that's what you want a week away from the first game, isn't it? Yeah, you're spot on. Um, it was a huge game for us because of pre- preparation. But uh, as you say, there was, there's never such thing as a friendly game. You want to win every single game. You want to win your tackles. You want to dictate play, and that's what we tried to do today. And There was a couple of nasty tackles from both sides, but uh, it was all played in uh, the friendliest uh, possible manner, shall we say. But let's suppose it is, if you mentioned, I mean, you see, we did control large parts of the games, didn't we? Yeah, definitely. And it was good to see a lot of the new lads playing as well. And for me to get 90 minutes in my legs as well and to play with people like Fergie and Hedges as well. And it's a delight to play with them because they've got legs, they've got ability and they like to see the pass forward, runs forward as well. And we were just unlucky with a couple of chances as well. And with Scott being named captain, Joe Lewis will now continue his role as club captain. All the latest transfer news. The AFC Dons Cars Transfer Centre. Okay, we've got some transfer news now. And defender Kieran Nguenya has signed a three-year extension to his Aberdeen contract that will see the 18-year-old stay with the club until 2024. Kieran made his team debut in our win against Ross County in December last year and played once since last season. Youth Academy graduate Jack Millen has joined Brecon City on loan for the coming season. And on Saturday, loanee Mark McGregor scored the opening and only goal for Forfar Athletic in the 80th minute in their Premier Sports Cup win against Brora Rangers. Highlights from the match are available on Brora a Rangers TV YouTube channel. Hey, oh, oh. Ted Lasso, welcome wagon has arrived. Ted Lasso. Because you've reminded us that that's what we should all be. It's a choice, isn't it, to be positive and grateful. And I now find myself saying I appreciate you to most people after an interaction. This is why it's hard to love you. He loves you. The positivity that people have felt about the show and talking about the kind of lasso way, being very funny but also very human, it's undeniable. Keep an eye on these guys, because around the 74-minute mark, there's going to be a room full of grown men crying. I'll be one of them. Every man and woman is living a comedy, a drama, and a tragedy, and the messages reflect that notion. Speaking with people and the fans and the reactions changed my life. I was walking, and randomly a person just started screaming, football is life, football is life. Football is life. Someone who messaged me on Twitter said their 11-year-old son missed a shot that would have tied the game, and she's like, right, I know you're upset, but what do we need to do? And he goes, be a goldfish like Sam. Do you remember what animal has the shortest memory? Goldfish. What do you think we should all do once we get done being sad? I think we should all be a goldfish. I brought you a little something. Oh, yeah. Cookies. <laughs> or, as y'all call them here, biscuits. <laughs> Getting a lot of biscuit recipes. People going, oh, look at these that we made. Or little videos of them going, oh, my God, they taste as good as yours. And who knew that that whole biscuits with the boss thing would go so nuts? I forgive you. Why? Divorce is hard makes folks do crazy things. 
Some of the more profound responses that have reached me personally have been from people going through things that characters have gone through on the show or just something that's really taken hope out of their hearts and how the show moved them in a way that refilled their love cup, so to speak. Oh, it feels good to laugh. And season two is even better. Season two stays as adorable as the first. How long was I out? Doesn't matter. You're back now. Let's do this. You listen to me, Coach Lasso. We have work to do. Next season. You can watch season two of Ted Lasso on Apple TV Plus starting this Friday. You're listening to the AFC Don's Cast with Graeme Mackay from the Inverness Reds. Keep listening. Coming up, we hear from Dave Cormack. That will be played out at the end of the programme. Last week, Aberdeen Football Club announced the AFC Women's Player of the Year Award winners. Young Player of the Year went to Eva Thompson. Goal of the season also went to Eva for her 94th minute winner against Dundee United in October last year. Ellie Shore picked up Players Player of the Year and Francesca Ogilvie was awarded Player of the Year. You can hear from all of them now, including manager Emma Hunter, on their successes. ago I wouldn't have sat thinking oh yeah we're going to go through what we've gone through so yeah it's been a really challenging couple of years but it has been for everyone right it's not just football or it's just in general working life so we've all had to adapt but yeah finally to get over the lines absolutely brilliant and I guess for me when I reflect it's more the way we've done it as well in a challenging time but actually to do it with real conviction as well is, is massive for us as a club and a team. Obviously, this this team is like you could give the awards to everyone because they've been magnificent. So yeah, it's been really, really challenging. But for me, young player of the year was one of, one of the more easier ones to pick because this player in particular has been consistent, and that's been really critical. I think is is it especially with a young player to have that consistency week in and week out is huge. Um, this player always gives 100% and when you look at average ratings for matches it, it probably never drops below an 8 or a 7 so she's been absolutely fantastic all season and 100% my young player of the year goes to Eva Thompson Yeah it's been it's been a really good season it was tough, we, we knew it would be tough but we set um, objectives at the start of the season to obviously get promoted and try and win the league and I think as a team we played really well throughout the whole season and managed to get some really good results Obviously, Dundee United go goal of the season. <laughs> what do you remember about it? I mean, for, it was first game of the season, so I think it just that goal is probably like the best moment in my football career. I just remember the ball coming to me on the edge of the box, and it was on my right foot, and I was going to hit it, but there was like three defenders in front of me, so I just cut onto my left and had a go, and it went top corner. It was mad. <laughs> <laughs> the importance in the occasion I think but equally you can't discredit the technical ability to do it as well because actually the pressure at that moment and she's a right footed player so the ball came across to her right foot right at the edge of the box and I think there was three or four players around her and this is what Eva's good at she can shift the ball she probably if you show her her legs are covered in bruises because she's just that type of player that keeps it so close so she took a wee touch to the left on her left foot just needed that extra half a yard and then 
even like the way that she draws back her legs, not fully drawn back, just the mm. way she gets the power and connects with her left foot is, is brilliant. So yeah, technically it was a great goal as well, I thought. So yeah, really pleased for her. Where's Player Award? Somebody who is certainly very much deserving of the award. Yeah. Um, I think I spoke about consistency in that early 100% gives you that in abundance. Um, every training session, um, every game, you just know what you're getting from Ailey and it's 100% effort all the time but she's got a real maturity on the park that people just, you just respect her no matter what age you are, no matter what level you play, she just earns respect around the dressing room. To, to win any award is nice, but to win one that's been chosen by your teammates, I think that makes it extra special, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's a special one. Great to be recognised by the players in the team. Obviously, a lot of great performance this season, but it's really nice to be recognised by the rest of the players. It's probably no surprise to me that Ailey's won it after a really tough year for her, that you know, um, it just shows you what football means to her, that she's dedicated her time to football and, and managed to come back so quickly after a difficult period of time. So, yeah, um, Ailey's always been a fantastic player for us and she hopefully will continue to grow as the seasons go on. But no surprise that our peers have voted her that because um, she just shows a real professionalism in whatever she does. Sure, winning it for the Dawns. Bailey Hutchison with the ball and it might work out. Ailey Shore is in here. Can she take the chance? Of course she can. Ailey Shore. And you go against Muramir as well. It was fantastic. What were you doing that far forward? I don't know. <laughs> just saw Bailey go in, so I thought, oh, I'll, I'll push on. And then the ball just landed at my feet. And then it was one of those that had so much time, but I managed to get it in the back of the net. And then your play of the year. Again, a, a very tough choice. Yeah. Um, again really really challenging and I think because the season's been so long as well you've probably got to try and think back to quite a time and I think for me this player probably could if there was a vote for most improved player I think would be up there as well because she's done really well and I think as she's come into the squad she's grown uh, rapidly and I think in the latter stages of the season that's particularly evident she's really dug us out a few times in terms of our goal scoring but not just our goal scoring but assists as well um, great delivery in crosses and wide areas as well um, and being again really consistent but for me off the pitch as well just really growing in maturity since she's come into the, the, the group and uh, almost like one of those strong leaders now and has really pushed us on to get that title in this way so my player of the year goes to Francesca Ogilvie a good feeling obviously it's, uh, it's one I've not won before at a club so to win at Aberdeen is for the first time is pretty good um, being recognised as one of those top players from the manager is always a good feeling and that's a useful looking effort what a goal what an equaliser that is from Francesca Ogilvie a fantastic season for the team and also for yourself can you believe it went as well as it did if you'd asked me at the start of the season, no, but then as it went towards the end, yeah, I think we knew it was coming eventually and obviously ended with a win. So, And it's a real achievement, Francesca, because of some real competition, wasn't it? There were so many top performers this year. Yeah, obviously, Bailey Hutchison uh, comes to mind with everyone. There's a bit of stick from the players with me and her. We bit of banter going on about who's going to get top goal scorer and how we don't pass the ball to each other. I think what we need to do is... is talk about how we develop as a group 
let's continue that philosophy but we need to develop it a little bit more and look at their style of football and how we maybe need to adapt to play different opposition in SWPL1 but I think we should go in there with a lot of confidence and that's what we'll talk about is, is that we're not there to make up the numbers I think we can compete and we've got enough talent in our squad to do that so we're going to get aim high next season again. We started up in Aberdeen uh, as Pascalis in 2018 and we were looking to, to really raise our, our profile. Um, we looked around at a, a number of areas we could uh, add some sponsorship and support to the local community and then the opportunity with the, the Aberdeen women's team came up and it really sat with the values that, that we've got about you know diversity, equality. Um, so that, that was the, the start off of, of uh, the opportunity and then once we got talking uh, you know I think uh, the real uh, signs of, of what we could do together became very clear. Just seeing uh, the game on Sunday that was uh, was pretty tight, it was pretty exciting um, but uh, to be up against Rangers and Celtic and, and, and really see them compete at that top level is uh, I think it's going to be fantastic. The new season nearly upon us, Mal caught up with Connor McLennan to look ahead at the new campaign. The first European game, we say just a week's time, and hopefully we're going to have some fans back in, which is just going to be fantastic. Even I mean, we say we don't know at the moment how many it's going to be, but just some fans back would be absolutely fantastic, wouldn't it? Yeah, hopefully, really exciting if if there is. Um, I think that's what we're all waiting for. Really, the fans are waiting for it, the players are waiting for it. We all want to see a packed Pataudry again. Yeah. What was it like last year playing here without any fans? Be honest, was it? Um, how did well, it differ to a normal game? It's not. It's. it's it wasn't the same. To be fair, you're, you're walking out in the tunnel. Um, I think we kind of got used to. It. Um, during the season, but it's it's not the same, and we're all dying to get fans back. To be fair, yeah. And I suppose if you'd be sitting watching the Euros, you know, watching games with fans back, that's what everybody wants, isn't it? Yeah, seeing glimpses of fans being back in stadiums, um, that's it's really what you're wanting. So we're all we're all looking for that. Um, that's what we're on. You can listen to the full interview with Connor on Red TV. The Dons' only other pieces in March was against Inverness Cali Thistle at Cormac Park on the 8th of July and J. Emmanuel Thomas opened his goal tally with the Dons after securing an equaliser in the 30th minute. The game ended one all. Manager Stephen Glass reflected on the game. Stephen, with the first of three closed-doors games here this afternoon, how did you feel it went? Yeah, it was great, actually. Uh, we managed to get 90 minutes in, everybody. Uh, we used Barry and Scott with the academy, so they were preparing for their game at Bucky, so we managed to get 90 minutes into the whole of the first-team group. The game itself, I thought lots of positives. I thought it kept possession well, lots of possession, and the fitness levels looked very good. Yeah, the boys looked fit. They were a threat uh, all the time. Inverness were good. They're close to being fit for the start of their season, obviously, with a bit fed coming up as well. Uh, they were missing players, to be fair, but it's a good test, a uh, good fitness exercise, and uh, the fact that all the players got 90 minutes is a huge positive for us. I thought Jet took his goal well as well, and all-round did a good game. 
Yeah, yeah, it's always positive. You get your centre forwards on the pitch and they're scoring goals. And Christian wasn't fortunate enough to get one in that game. He managed to score. I think he got a couple in the other one later on. But they, they just look like a threat as well. They're very positive. They work well for the team, and I think they're going to be a great addition. Really impressed for Christian. Just his sort of movement and the reading of the game as well. Yeah, I think it's in Allen at the side. There's there's times it drops, and you're before we might have been why is someone not there? But he's always there. So when the chances are getting made and you've got people in the right area with the right quality, then I think it, it looks good for us. I was really impressed with Jack at right back as well. Maybe the fans don't know too much about him, but looks a very exciting player. Yeah, he's positive. He's got great energy. He's making good decisions. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think I agree with you. The fans are like his energy and they like his quality. Uh, but he's he's hungry to do well, the same as the rest of the signings. So it's it's, it's a good competitive group. The things you've been working on training, the style of play, that type of thing, formations and things, were you pleased with the way they, did they take enough of that into the game today? Yeah, they took some of it in. Uh, there's always, it's the first challenge is always when the opposition come in that they're not here to watch us play. So that's going to be the case every week, but it's it's the challenge you need to be ready for. You can set things up as much as you like, but opponents come and they do something different. You need to find a way of imposing your, your, uh, your style and your manner on the game. And I think it's important that we feel that over the next couple of weeks, which we will. I think I saw most of the boys in the, the two groups there, so not too many injury concerns at this stage? No, no, we've been fortunate in that aspect as well, that the training's been good, the boys have all come through it, so we're, we're going to be healthy, we're going to be competitive, providing we come through the games next weekend as well, or sorry, next Friday. And it's the next two weeks, Stephen, leading up to the game, it's just getting intensity a bit higher, is it, in training? Yeah, it happens naturally as well, because the boys are getting fitter, and they start really competing for places in that first game against Hacking, so I think you'll see that ramping up during the course of the training, it's something we will push anyway but the fact of the game today it feels different there's a different feeling for their legs and things so you'll see a different group reacting uh, day on day I think from here on to that hacking game I really enjoyed the first couple of minutes Scott Brown <laughs> he wasn't a friendly game with him was it <laughs> it's just great to see yeah I think that's the attitude you want it's like obviously yeah it's a friendly game but as a player you don't play friendly as you want to win so he's got that in his locker and that's why that's why he's here and that's why he's going to be brilliant for us this family First game, 14 days away, excitement building? Yeah, yeah. I was actually excited about today, the, the outsiders coming in, and I know Billy Dodds pretty well from my time playing while I'm here at the club, so we're grateful to him bringing his team and the challenge that they gave us today, and I think they'll be the same with us. But So we're excited about that, so I can only imagine what's coming in a couple of weeks, but we're, we're all looking forward to it. Just finally, Stephen, it has been a different pre-season, obviously being at Comet Park, maybe opposed to a training camp, but I think it's been the right decision, hasn't it? It's worked out well. I think so, yeah. The proof's in the pudding that you prepared for the start of the season and it can be a little bit more glamorous going away, it can be a little bit more glamorous with bigger games and things like that, but we've managed to control the environment and you saw yourself how it looked today and that's us just sort of starting to scratch the surface. So it's coming together nicely, we're happy with the decision to stay and uh, I think it'll prove to be the right one. Good stuff, Stephen, thank you. Cheers, Mark. Thank you. Unfortunately, the Yang Dons crashed out of the Aberdeenshire Cup last week at the hands of Becky Thistle, thanks to a Scott Adams goal late in the first half. Becky now progressed to the semi-finals to face for Martin United. At the start of the month, now McGinn and J. Emmanuel Thomas were in hand at Pataudry as the new home strip went on sale. They talk about the strip and look ahead to the new season. OK, boys, modelling the new kit today. Niall, how do you like it? Yes, yeah, nice. I think it's... Uh... It's like anything, once you get the SPFL badges on it, your name's numbers, so it all come together very quickly once the season starts. But yeah, that's nice, so looking forward to wearing it soon. Do you know how many Aberdeen kits you've worn now? So, I write a few between home and away, probably maybe a good 20, maybe I'd say. And this one definitely your favourite? Uh, for now, anyway. Hopefully there's there's more to come, but yeah, nah, I've, I've liked a lot of them over the years, and uh, nah, 
obviously the way one's going to get released soon as well, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. Jay, your thoughts on it? Yeah, obviously it's enjoyable for me. Obviously red being my favourite colour, so it all seems to come together well and I'm enjoying the new kit so far. How are you settling in at Aberdeen? We see your videos on social media, you seem to be really enjoying yourself so far. Yeah, it's been a great two weeks, obviously third week coming up now. Um, just looking forward to obviously keep getting to know people on like a person-to-person basis and obviously the training and stuff's been good, so I'm just looking forward to it. Niall, how's pre-season been so far? Very good, it's been intense, uh, been pretty full on with sort of uh, pitch sessions, gym sessions, but now it's been really good and the boys have worked hard and got a couple of weeks behind us now, so it's just about maintaining that fitness, uh, a few games coming up, uh, maintaining the sharpness, getting the sharpness through the games, match fitness as well, so now looking forward to the games coming thick and fast, but most importantly getting ready for the first European game. And Jay, as Niall says, we're into July now, so it really does seem real, doesn't it? The first European game's only a number of weeks away. Yeah, no, obviously it's something to look forward to, especially obviously over two legs having to travel away and stuff like that, so it's something for us all to, to have targets set towards the first game, and obviously hoping that we can go there, or they can come here, we can get the W and we can go there and repeat the same again, so it's something that everybody's obviously looking forward to coming up for the first game. And Niall, we obviously didn't have fans in last season at all at Pataudry. How different was it playing in front of a, an empty Pataudry? You're obviously used to playing in front of packed Pataudrys as well at times. Yeah, very strange. I think uh, you always sort of, as a professional, you always sort of, you need the, the fans behind you to give you sort of that extra 10%. Uh, I think, especially at home, uh, there's a lot of tough home games where obviously we're maybe 0-0, there's not many goals being scored, but you sort of need the crowd to get behind you to, to give that more momentum to go, go forward and uh, create chances and score goals. And, Away games as well, you always enjoy going to all these uh, intimidating atmospheres and uh, obviously the, the, the Aberdeen fans always travelling in numbers and it's going to be good this season, hopefully they get in with the, the two Dundee games, Hibs, Hearts, uh, obviously Celtic and Rangers as well, so it's got a uh, makings of an exciting season, so we're looking forward to definitely the fans getting back. And Jay, you must be excited to, to come and meet the Aberdeen fans as well when they're allowed back in. Yeah, no, it's something that I've been looking forward to, fans coming back in general, but obviously Hearing about the fans and, and seeing what the fans be like, obviously due to internet and stuff like that, is going to be great. And I look forward to them coming back and look forward to the boys being able to perform in front of them at home stadium. Jay, Niall, thank you very much. Hello and welcome to the Grand Tour. This promises to be the most beautiful drive we have ever done. Scotland. That is a bit bum squeaky there, Clarkson. Oh my god! My spoiling! Oh Stand back! <coughs> Driving this, I feel like Elvis Presley. What, dead on a lavatory? <laughs> oh heavens! I'm not sure we're blending in terribly well. It could be worse. <laughs> We have to build a bridge out of that. Right, are you ready? <laughs> Give me strength. Apparently there's some kind of virus going round. We aren't allowed to stay in a hotel, even if we could find one. Look at that. It's an Airstream. Good slapper, Hammond. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, Richard Hammond. Thank you. We can all applaud that. This is brilliant. He's coaching me cross. 
little commie bastard. Oh, have you pissed in your own Wellingtons? Yes. Uh, chaps, I'm not going to lie to you, this feels a bit perilous. Shit. I've had a brilliant idea. Oh, God. James May, here I come. Clarkson! Oh, this is brilliant. You can watch the new Grand Tour lockdown on Amazon Prime from the 30th of July. Well, we've got our first fixture change of the season and our league fixture against St Mirren originally due to take place on Saturday the 25th of September has now been changed to Sunday the 26th of September with a midday kickoff due to live coverage on Sky Sports. You can get all the Don's fixtures for the coming season including our auto-updating fixture list at invernessreds.co.uk forward slash fixtures. As has already been mentioned, we kick off our Europa Conference League campaign with the home leg of our fixture against Beaky Hacken on Thursday night. Kick-off is at 7.45pm and if you're not lucky enough to be heading to Pataudry, you can watch the match live on Red TV. The return fixture in Sweden the following Thursday will kick off in Gothenburg at 5.30pm. We'll have news on media coverage on the Inverness Reds website nearer the time. And the Scottish Premiership season gets underway for the Dons on Sunday the 1st of August for the 3pm kickoff at Pataudry against Dundee United. We'll find out the number of supporters that will be allowed to attend over the coming days. I'll be back with the last pre-season update next Tuesday and the AFC Dons cast will return for the new season proper from Tuesday the 3rd of August. Between now and then you can keep up to date with all the latest on our social media on Twitter and Facebook. Just search for us using Inverness Reds and on the website at invernessreds.co.uk. Enjoy the game on Thursday and if you are heading to Pataudry by car, take it easy. The roads are busy with tourist traffic. Take your time and enjoy your evening. Coming up, Dave Cormack spoke to Richard Gordon on Saturday on the return of fans to Pataudry and other matters on the BBC Scottish Football podcast. You can hear what he had to say in just a few seconds. That's it from me this week. Thanks for listening. Till next time, keep yourself safe and well and stand free. Noon, Dave. Hi Richard, how are you? Very well indeed, uh, absolutely buzzing at the start of the season, I'm sure you are as well. Um, and we'll get to that European game in just a moment or two, but I see that the club has just announced that Scott Brown will be the captain for next season, that's big news. Um, was it always going to be Scott? Well, that's a good question for uh, for Stephen Glass. Um, <laughs> I found out this morning, actually. and um, But yeah, that's the decision that Stephen and his team came to. And obviously, Joe is such an ambassador for the club and the community. He will be our, our club captain. Um, but the decision to make Scott uh, our team captain on game days is, is not a surprise, given his leadership at Celtic in Scotland. I say, just a word about Joe, because I know from my own personal experience how wonderful he was during the whole pandemic and um, how much of a role he played in um, just bridging that gap, I suppose, between the club and the supporters and, and offering his help so um, I guess you do want to emphasise that he will remain a, a major figure within the club Oh absolutely, I mean as you know Richard the community is important for us here in Aberdeen and we've done a lot in the last year like other clubs and Joe has been at the heart of that driving the players to make calls, making calls himself 
and um, it just means an awful lot to people when other players reach out to supporters to show they care. And you made a big call, of course. You talked about Stephen there. He he got the opportunity to get his feet under the desk, I suppose, um, just towards the end of last season. I guess you'll hope that the last couple of months across the summer have been uh, important in terms of the new management team, the structure, and getting the new players um, in and getting them assimilated into the club ahead of the European opener? Yeah, look, I think that obviously Stephen had the opportunity the back end of last season to assess. He's had the summer. He's had a number of weeks now uh, with his team, uh, you know, with the players. And, you know, uh, we brought in a lot of players over the last couple of months. And I think the important thing from here is is that um, the, the, the guys kind of gel together Um all I hear from the camp is it's a harmonious camp and a very strong squad. Obviously, this season, Richard, it's great. It's going to be probably the most competitive season in a long time, given that we, it's great to have Hearts and Dundee back up in the top division, as you know, from an Aberdeen perspective, selfishly, our fans you know, love going to Hearts and Hibs and Dundee and Dundee United for away days, and here's hoping they're not too far away. Right, and in terms of the season, it all begins, of course, with a game against Hacken on Thursday night. 5,665 fans to be allowed in. Is that a good result from your point of view? Yes, I think it's a good result. It's a sensible result. I mean, I think what most people need to remember, if we go back a year, we were preparing for fans this time last year. And not just Aberdeen, but uh, other clubs ourselves, we've probably spent thirty to £40,000, never mind testing, putting the processes and procedures in place that have been used for this game next week. Um, clearly, um, we've worked very closely with Aberdeen City Council, cross-party as well, uh, support um, as it was delegated to the local authority to make the decision from Monday on fans above 2,000. So the 5,665 fans is one metre social distancing. And, um, and so we're, we're pleased that um, we're going to be able to accommodate them. At one metre social distancing, you could presumably have got more than that inside Petodi, but do you think it's sensible to take the kind of steps that the council are taking right now? Yes, look, I mean, at the end of the day, it's about negotiation and it's about people being comfortable. It's not about us trying to browbeat the council per se, but they've had their environmental health people, they've had the NHS grampian, and everyone's kind of had their say in the last couple of weeks. And just to be clear, um, we are offering seats that are single seats, two seats, three seats or four seats maximum grouping together. Now, we could have tried to go on for more fans sitting together outside, which is, is doable, but we thought that was a fair um, a, a fair negotiation to make uh, for this game. And clearly, um, you know, we mandatorily are going to have to do lateral flow testing, um, which um, is different to any other event that's taken place so far, whether it be at the Euros at Hamden or at Murrayfield. And um, so we think we've gone the extra step with this. And if it's successful, I'm hoping to get more fans than... The, the, the almost 6,000 in for Dundee United. Right, sorry, just, just to confirm that then, so every fan who's coming along on Thursday will have to take a lateral flow test before entering the stadium? Correct. And that will be carried out at the stadium? It's, it's not them having to do it before they come in? Oh yeah, no, they, listen, this, this, the process you have to do is on the day of the game, they have to go and self-test a right. lateral flow test and register it and print off the results that they have. I mean, it's impossible to 
to do testing, um, you know, kind of two, three days before, if you like, and send it away. So that's the process we've been asked to, to go through. Right, and, and I mean, the fans, where are you now in terms of season tickets? I know the, the last I saw, I think it was about 7,800. Yeah, we just touched 8,000, or just over now, Richard, I think, with the announcement of this game. It's uh, spurred some people on to eventually, okay, let me buy my season tickets so I can get a ticket for this game as well. Right. Um, and in terms of the, the sales, are you just about done for Thursday night? <laughs> well, unless Stephen and Stephen, the two Ronnies as I call them, Stephen Glass and Stephen Gunn, unless they come up with something, then um, you know, we'll be... We're kind of ready for, for next Thursday. And I think the important thing is this. It's about quality rather than quantity. We've got a very good squad of players that are there. And clearly, with a new management team, they need time to assess and give every player the opportunity, including the young guys that are coming through as well. Right. And to be fair, I was asking him in, ter- in terms of season ticket sales rather than oh. any, any future purchase. But feel free to, to share that with us as well. <laughs> well, I did. So that's right. that done. You did. But, right. Uh, so, yeah. And, so, uh, there was, there, was a, there was a slight issue, I gather, in, in terms of the, the fans yesterday, but um, have the, the tickets all been sold now? No, I think we're about probably itching up towards the 4,000 now. Um, we hadn't expected, typically speaking for a game like this, and other clubs are the same in Europe, you typically sell about 55 to 60, 65, 60% of your season ticket holders. So at 8,000, that's about 4,700 because you know, people have vacations, yeah. You know, um, um, people have work, kids at night. Um, obviously, there's the added incentive of this coming back games. You expect more. But you have to counter that as well, probably with about 15 to 20% of our fans, maybe not quite ready of the elder generation to come to the game. And they'll watch it on television. So it would um, be a sellout, no doubt. And um, we think with a fair win for Scottish football, getting decent fans back, that we'll be up at about the... 9,000, 10,000 season ticket holder base as we get into August. Just before I move on to that, David, there is no avenue for you to sell. To, if, if you don't sell out the 5665 to season ticket holders, you can't go to just a general sale because of the current regulations. Yes, that's what we'll do. That's what we'll do. And we'll announce to fans, I think it may be tomorrow or first thing on Monday when we open it up to you know, our, 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 our kind of regulars that come for a few games a season or are our DNA members. Right, OK. And, and just to confirm, these fans will have to take a lateral flow test on the day of the game. And as long as that's negative, they're fine to get to the match on Thursday night. Absolutely. Right. And in terms of, of moving on, um, I think you were the first person actually in the midst of the early days of the pandemic. You, I remember you saying that, that we're looking at the whole of 2020 without fans inside stadiums. And, and we were all a bit aghast at that point. But I think you'd picked up on what was happening in the States then. Um, did you envisage that it would go this far and we'd still be talking about such small numbers being inside stadiums? Gosh, none of us have been through this before, Richard. Uh, none of us have got a crystal ball. But I think that um, for the last few months, um, clearly we felt that uh, the beginning of this season, certainly with the advent of the uh, the advent of the vaccine, yeah. that's been absolutely crucial um, as, as part of this. But um, yeah, it's um, it's been tough for everybody. But um, you know, we've managed our team and our financial team. Have kind of got us through this. 
which is um, which is kind of fantastic news, but it's been tough for everybody. Now, there were support, there were grants available, but um, this will have cost Aberdeen an awful lot of money. Are you able to quantify the financial loss to the club over the course of the pandemic? Well, um, we put a, a piece out two, three months ago or a couple of months ago saying that the, the cost to us is about $10.4 and how we've addressed it. Uh, we've addressed it by myself and some of our friends at the club putting in about a third of that money. Um, we've taken the Scottish Government loan, which is appreciated, which um, you know is interest-free for 20 years, so that's good money for any businessman and support. Um, and we've actually um, had our fans, who have been fantastic, take very few refunds from what we had budgeted for. Um, plus also, you know, we've made some player sales as well, which have absolutely been critical. So um, we're in a, a healthy position just now and um, really looking forward to, to the new season. It's been pretty remarkable, hasn't it? It's a real indicator, if we needed it, as to the importance of Scottish football to um, fans all around the country, that, that so many, not just at your club, but at the other clubs, have been prepared to take the season ticket holders, and take the season tickets, knowing they'd be sitting in their front rooms watching the games for pretty much the whole of the campaign. Yes, and I think that um, if I look at Aberdeen, and probably the same for the other teams, I mean, our fans have been unbelievable. Our fans have been unbelievable helping support our community trust all of us it's not just yeah. about it's the fans it's you know it's us as directors it's our management team it's our community trust it's going to partners of the club to say we need to do this for the community we're trying to raise three hundred thousand pounds which we did to deliver food to needy people which we did from maastricht and Aberdeen to mcduff and and just really proud of what the, the trust and the club have done in that period so there will ultimately be some kind of reward for the fans. They will begin to get back in um, as of, I mean, I think in three weeks' time, isn't it, that, that essentially restrictions are uh, all but um, taken away. Um, are you going to be getting to the point within the next couple of months where you're looking at no real limits on the numbers inside the stadium? Well, I think, Richard, we need to take uh, one game at a time, as they say, as a step, because... You know, who knows where this goes but I think more and more people being, I mean listen I came over I'm, I'm quarantining here in Aberdeenshire um, for another couple of days of course the weather is absolutely fantastic I arrived last Saturday and it hasn't rained in Aberdeen since but I've been at a couple of Atlanta United games where absolutely capacity crowds no masks, nothing you know, and there really hasn't been any indicated surge based upon people attending these games but look, we are where we are in Scotland and we hope that we can demonstrate as clubs how well we've done, which we've done in terms of the protocols that go uh, above uh, and beyond. But of course, our first game is a home game against Dundee United. Um, given the, the away game in Sweden, it will be on the Sunday. And those regulations change on the Monday where we are hopeful of getting back to full crowds. So, I mean, our next home game after that, which will be a major game for us welcoming, hopefully all the fans back, will be against Ross County, I think, on the 28th of, of August. So we're looking forward to a homecoming event then. Right, just more generally, Dave, uh, clearly Scottish football has been consumed by um, the, the ravages of the pandemic and the effects it's had. Um, but that hasn't stopped more talk of reconstruction. The most recent proposal, which um, was uh, involving 
Well, teams stepping up from the Lowland and Highland League and, of course, uh, these B teams that have been uh, proposed, uh, a suggestion that it could lead up to 48 teams in a restructured Scottish football setup. It's been rejected as things stand. Um, are moves afoot, because uh, you clearly will have been involved in this, um, moves afoot to, well, towards reconstruction of some kind. Does the game need it right now? Well, I, listen, I think I said on your show a year ago when we were looking at reconstruction then, and just to reiterate, I mean, Aberdeen and myself were, were not for Hearts, for example, being relegated. We were for temporary reconstruction um, because going through business change during a pandemic is the wrong thing to do. And so anyway, a year on, um, I mean, obviously there's been that initiative with the... Um, the JRG group through the SFA. There's another initiative that Ron Gordon is working on with the SPFL on commercial and branding and broadcasting. And I think where we're at just now is there's a consensus there needs to be positive change in Scottish football. We've got some really good people there. The addition of Don Mackay at Celtic, who did so many good things and so many good ideas in Scottish rugby, is, is a big plus. So I think there's a, there's a momentum for us to take what I would call a holistic approach not just to look at silos, one area, whether it be player development or goal teams or commercial, but taking a look at our whole game and saying, how can we generate more income? And listen, I'm certain that we can generate more income than the league is bringing in just now. And so at the end of the day, for example, if the, for example, the full-time, let's call them elite clubs, are successful and we can generate more income, a rising tide lifts all ships. And there's a place for everybody in Scottish football, whether it be part-time teams. Um, and I'm a great proponent, proponent of the pyramid myself. So I think, Richard, what hopefully we'll see once we get over the start of the season um, are the, the, the folks coming together. And there'll be a new board at the SPFL that's convened, get together, and that we come up in the next few months you know, with a, a holistic plan that, that comes up with a clear vision, a clear strategy, and implementation of clear plans on a prioritised basis to improve Scottish football. Right, so we can expect announcements along those lines. Uh, I think those on the outside would think perhaps difficult to bring in increased income um, given the well, what Scottish football has just come through in the past 18 months or so. Well, I, I think that without giving anything away, I think we've got some really good people in Scottish football now. For example, Ron Gordon was in broadcasting for 25 years, sold his broadcasting business to NBC. Ron has got fantastic insight as to how we can create more products that will bring more money into Scottish football. So um, let's just let's let us get through the next few months and and see where we go. But I think that's the message for me is it's a positive message. It's not a no, 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 no to some of these initiatives. It's a no to these individual initiatives in isolation and that we need to pull this thing together holistically and clearly come out to the Scottish fans and say, this is what we're proposing. Obviously, with, with the agreement of uh, all those involved, this is what we're proposing for these reasons. And, um, and it has to make business sense. Is the game, Dave, Dave, is the game open to that? Are, are those who have been involved in Scottish football for such a long time, are they in any way resistant to the kind of ideas that you and Ron Gordon might have, given your long experience in the States? Well, I'll tell you, it's not just me and Ron Gordon. I would tell you we're pushing at an open door on improving our game. This COVID, Richard, has been... A, this COVID for me 
has has brought a paradigm shift. It's brought on more quickly what people want to do with football. We've seen a year of watching football, for example, from our armchairs, yeah. right? And um, and and why not more of that and get the balance between fans coming to games and being able to watch games. Not every fan can come to every game. And when you start to look across Europe at competitive leagues in Scandinavia and Switzerland and Austria, you know, you look at comparisons there where they generate their revenues. I think that um, we've got great attendance at Scottish football, that, that we can generate more income. And I think that's felt across the board by everyone I've talked to. Well, we wish you well in that. And, of course, uh, in terms of, first and foremost, Thursday nights, Dave, um, important for you, for the new regime, for everyone involved in the club to get a positive result in that uh, Europa opener? Well, listen, having 6,000 fans there will seem like 60,000 compared to the last year. So, um, yeah, um, looking forward to it. And, listen, this is Cups half full. It's a new season for everybody. It'll be good competition. And uh, I wish everybody the best because um, we all do well Scottish football as well. Dave, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time this afternoon. That's all for this week. More Aberdeen news next Tuesday evening from 8.